0: With you, there is what I call an envelope message, a manifest text, an overt text, uh, and a hidden, occult, coded message. It's always two messages, always two the envelope message and the hidden message. It's exactly like a virus the virus is an envelope, and within the envelope, there is the RNA, there is the genetic material. The genetic material is the coded message. The virus needs a live cell to translate the coded message into new viruses, new proteins. And the envelope carries the coded message into the live cell, in a way, deceiving the live cell. So the envelope of the narcissist message is always reasonable, always flexible, always compromising always socially acceptable, always commonsensical. The narcissist's envelope message is something any reasonable, rational um, person would write. Somebody with impulse control, mature, adult, responsible, reliable. This is the envelope message. It conveys this image of the narcissist, the appearance of the narcissist. It's an external facade. But deep inside the envelope message, there is the viral genetic material. There is the hidden occult coded message which triggers you, pushes your buttons. And the coded message is based on your shared past experiences with the narcissist. On previous speech acts, it's like a train of of thought or train of speech. The message seems to be Stand alone seems to be self-sufficient, but actually the message is intimately connected to previous messages, previous exchanges, previous fights, previous arguments, previous disagreements, previous gaslighting, and previous manipulation. So the message is intended to push your buttons in order to manipulate, and it is based on information that only you and the narcissist share. No one else. This is privileged access information. These are experiences you've had together when you were alone. These are things he had told you and things you had told him that no one has ever become privy to. So, the hidden message uses several leverages, deploys several techniques. And let's review them one by one. The first technique is counterfactuality or non-facticity. In other words, the hidden message assumes that you had agreed on something that you had never agreed upon. The hidden message pretends that you have a compact, that you have a contract, that you have decided on a course of action, that you have concluded something, that there is a decision already made that there is a choice already adopted but none of it is true it's counterfactual it's against the fact the hidden message implies that the big picture is totally agreed upon now let's go to the details and that is of course an element of shared fantasy or shared psychosis so counterfactuality is the first technique the second technique is the victim stunts the victim language narcissist always always pretends to be the victim he's actually not pretending he truly believes that he had been victimized victimhood provides him with moral justification for his misdeeds and misconduct on the one hand and with social approbation and support on the other hand victimhood in other words is useful and so he maintains the victim stance and language well into is hidden messages and never mind what you say and never mind what you do and never mind how you behave you will always be cast you will always be described as the abuser the abuser is your role in the hidden message the narcissist insists ferociously, vehemently on his victimhood position he is a victim and you will not deny him his victimhood, it's his comfort zone and he uses projective identification. Projective identification is when the hidden message pushes you, manipulates you into abusing the narcissist, elicits from you an abusive reaction. The narcissist forces you to become an abuser, because when you're an abuser, he's a victim. When you're the villain, He needs you to be the villain. He needs you to act narcissistically and psychopathically. And indeed, most victims of complex trauma uh, uh, develop narcissistic, psychopathic, and borderline traits and behaviors, and these are reactive to the narcissist's constant messaging, constant signaling, I'm a victim, you're an abuser, I'm a victim, you're an abuser. It's brainwashing. The third technique is projection. Because the narcissist's victimhood is imagined, it's confabulated. The narcissist has to project his own traits and misbehaviors onto you. The narcissist as a victim needs to feel that he is pure, unadulterated, innocent, honest, good, upright, sanctimonious, self-righteous is the way to describe it. He is falsely modest if he is covert so the narcissist he has pseudo pseudo humility so the narcissist needs to believe that you are the opposite of all these things and what he does he takes the traits and the behaviors that do not sit well with his state of victimhood and he projects them onto you and this encourages in you a feeling of ego destiny. You absorb these emanations, this miasma, these vapors from the narcissist. This process is called entraining. The narcissist entrains you to become an abuser, to become a villainous, villainous character in his movie or in his theater production. And you adopt the role. This process is called emergent roles within family, the family system. This is the clinical term. So you adopt the emergent role. You do become abusive, provocative, malicious, malevolent, impulse, impulsive, reckless, defiant, (coughs) conjuicious, you become everything the narcissist wants you to become. And you become, and then you feel ashamed, and you feel guilty. The narcissist guilt trips you, soars in your mind, the seeds of self-doubt. Maybe he is right. Maybe I am the abuser. Maybe I am the narcissist. And the narcissist accomplishes this incredible feat of reversal of roles via his hidden messages. These hidden messages contain the projection, and then there is gaslighting via equivocation. The narcissist never commits, never says yes or no. He says, maybe, or really, or if you say so, or I could have agreed It you know, it's always equivocal, it's always ambiguous, it's always in the air, it's always a maybe, and in this way, he challenges your reality testing. He makes you feel that you're crazy, that you're not grasping what's happening correctly. He rewrites history, and he rewrites your mind. In the process. The hidden messages are usually very hostile. The more appropriate, proper, formal the message is, the more hostile it is. This is passive aggression. Passive aggression masquerades as civility and good manners and formality, while underneath the surface there is enmity, hostility, hatred and the wish to destroy the recipient, the frustrating object. So there's a lot of hostility, and you pick up on it. Your sensors, your seismic sensors, via empathy, pick up on this hostility, and it destabilizes you, because being hated is an abnormal state. And you you kind of ask yourself, why am I hated? Is it justified in some way? And it unsettles you disbalances you, ruins your equilibrium and homeostasis, and your view of the world as essentially a benign place with good people. The next technique is manipulativeness. Manipulativeness and coercion via provocation. The narcissist provokes you exactly into acting the way he wants you to act. The narcissist is a puppet master, and his hidden messages convert you into a marionette. For example, ignores your input or your requests as though you had never spoken. He renders you invisible and transparent, minibrate. you say, by ignoring your requests, your wishes, your preferences, your priorities, your emotions, cognitions, by rendering you invisible, by not seeing you as a strategy, threatens your survival, at least your mental survival. The narcissist also malingers, procrastinates, delays, postpones endlessly. Wears you down. This is passive aggression. It's another technique borrowed from passive aggression. He promises, and he promises to promise, and then he promises that his promises to promise were real promises, and he is going to promise to promise you. And then he promises you. And it never happens. Nothing ever transpires. Nothing reaches conclusion or closure or result or outcome or anything like wading, wading through swamp. It's like, you know, swimming in jam. It's never, it's, it's, sooner or later it becomes quicksand and you drown in it, inexorably pulled down by his constant procrastination. Some narcissists procrastinate because they're perfectionists. They insist on a perfect outcome. And But the majority of narcissists procrastinate in order to frustrate you. Their procrastination is actually a transformation of aggression. Mm -hmm. The same thing with forgetfulness. (laughs) Narcissists forget. They forget as a habit. They are professional forgetters. Mm -hmm. They forget what you had asked. They forget your requests. They forget arrangements and agreements. They forget promises. They keep forgetting dates and hours and times and schedules and everything. inefficiency, stubbornness, pseudo-stupidity, faking it, I didn't understand, I'm sorry, and outright sabotage. And all these are passive-aggressive techniques. The key to communicating with a narcissist effectively is to ignore the hidden message, to ignore all this, to not respond to the occult message, to the hidden message, to not allow the narcissist to push your buttons and triggers but some people find it very difficult to accomplish some people are still in the throes of the of a relationship with the narcissist or the narcissist still has some hold over them via his
1: introject for example the narcissist is inside your head even when he's long gone physically he's still inside your head you can get yourself out of the narcissist but you can cannot get the narcissist out of yourself. So the best
0: solution is to use professionals to communicate with the narcissist. If you can help it, never ever communicate with the narcissist directly. Force him to communicate with with your lawyers, with your accountants, with your best friend, with your family member, with your father, with with someone. Force him to to communicate with people who are oblivious (coughs) to the hidden message. You remember that the hidden message is based upon shared experiences, shared past, a shared past, shared communication in the past. And so people from the outside, outsiders, they simply don't spot, they don't detect the hidden message. And so they're going to respond to the overt, open, reasonable, socially acceptable, common sensical envelope message. And that's what you want. You want to keep the communication surface, on the surface. You do not want to go deep with the narcissist into the rabbit hole of his communications. So if you refer the narcissist to other people who are constitutionally incapable of even detecting the hidden message, the communication will devolve into envelope communication, surface communication, and you will not be triggered into actions that you're bound to regret later. If at all possible, go no contact. Any communication refer to an intermediary, to a buffer, to a firewall. And this buffer or firewall will ignore the hidden message and convey to you only the open one. And so it's a filter. The narcissist engages in something called palindromic speech. The communication of narcissists is either inward-facing, they verbalize their inner dialogues, conversing aloud sometimes with themselves, with the audience as a mere foil to their stream of consciousness. So this is the inward-looking communication. Or it could be outward-facing. When the narcissist communicates with himself, you are just an observer (laughs) you're an audience he's bouncing thoughts off you you're like a blank screen upon which he can project anything that's his inner communication actually you're witnessing his inner communication and I repeat, some narcissists do it aloud I mean, they verbalize it and then there's outward facing communication narcissists talk in order to impress their interlocutors in order to evade actually providing information to obfuscate vulnerabilities so what they do is <coughs> online they use the phrase word salad word salad is strictly limited to schizophrenics schizophrenics have something called disorganized speech and this is a word salad narcissists do not engage in word salad no one actually engages in word salad except
1: schizophrenics or people with psychotic disorders so it's a misuse of the phrase borrowed from clinical literature wrongly by ignorant people number two so we're not discussing warning signs when you, when you listen to the narcissist or communicate with him verbally or in writing. There are warning signs of palindromic speech. Palindromic speech is the hidden message. So number one, indefinite pronouns and modifiers. Number two, if the narcissist is addressing an audience or you demand the truth and accountability from him, you can safely assume exaggeration, confabulation, reframing, outright lying on his part. This is done
0: partly also to cover up the narcissist's pervasive dissociation. Number three, when the narcissist expostulates on his motivation for doing something, or when he recounts what had happened, he is either wrong, reframing to justify his misbehavior, or to restore ego syntony or he's just lying out of self-interest, Or he has dissociative gaps, amnesic gaps, and he's trying to bridge them with a confabulation. He tries to sell you on what makes sense rather than on the truth. If he doesn't know the truth, he will provide you with a plausible replacement, substitute, or alternative. you remember alternative facts? If you keep reiterating the question, if you insist on an answer, if you insist on the truth, if you persist... He often contradicts himself and comes up with conflicting versions of the same events. Never trust what the narcissist says. Do not let his gaslighting undermine your trust in your senses, your judgment, your observations, your memories, your identity, and your common sense. Make sure that only what you see is what you get. Observe the behaviors and reactions of the narcissist and everyone around the narcissist. For clues as to what had really transpired, don't let the narcissist club you on the head and don't wake up in his platonic cave of shadows of an alternative reality. Palindromic speech is any kind of statement about facts or inner mental states that intentionally, often, or inadvertently, more rarely, creates confusion and disorientation in the listener gaslighting, lying. These are examples of crass and malicious palindromic speech acts, confabulation, and illogical, incoherent discourse. These are benign variants intended to bridge dissociative gaps in memory, autopatris, grandiosity, and palindromic speech, which I'm, I'm saying again, that's the core of the hidden message. Palindromic speech makes use of various semantic devices. Pay close attention. When you talk to the narcissist, you need to be hyper-vigilant. You need to analyze any and every word, every phrase, every syntactical choice. Why did he put the words in this order? Why did he choose to say something? Why did he choose to not say something? That's the hidden text, the manifest text, the hidden text. So you're all the time on your toes all the time analyzing when you, you can't just take it for granted and the narcissist makes use of several semantic devices number one referential shifts referential shift is when the words refer to one thing while appearing to be actually referencing another thing it seems that he's talking about A when actually he's talking about B he means to talk about B he's talking about A, because talking about A disguises his real intentions, opinions and judgments, and manipulation with regards to B so this is referential shift double entendre word when he uses words or phrases, which are open to two, sometimes mutually exclusive interpretations or meanings so the same word can mean this thing can mean A, or can mean B but a and b can't be together they're mutually exclusive they contradict each other and yet he uses a word that can be can be interpreted in several ways or a phrase that can be can be interpreted in several ways this is double entendre, double meaning the next one is contextual drift contextual drift is when the narcissist subtly subterraneanly uh, imperceptibly alters changes The context of the conversation. And by changing the context of the conversation, he changes the message and he changes the reality test. He reframes the whole thing, even as you are listening. And you're not aware of it because he's very good at what he does. So suddenly you find yourself discussing something you had no intention to discuss. And you ask yourself, how did I get here? That's contextual drift. Next one is manipulative speech goal-oriented utterances intended to impress or to accomplish aims, not to communicate. There is misattribution or attribution errors, suggesting or preferring the wrong connections, the wrong links between alleged or ostensible motivations and intentions, and actual actions. So he interprets actions in terms of wrong motivations, wrong intentions, And in this way, he deflects blame, for example. Or he casts his own actions in the best possible light. Or he casts your actions in the worst possible light. He assigns roles. And he assigns roles by misinterpreting, very often deliberately, intentions and motivations. Some narcissists, small minority, are paranoid. So attribution errors are very common in paranoia. And among conspiracy theories, they have psychological trait called conspiracism. The next semantic device used in palindromic speech and hidden messages is circumstantial mitigation, an external (coughs) focus of of is causation or reference to authority or ad hominem attacks and so on. Narcissus uses logical malapropisms and fallacies to support his palindromic speech. And palindromic speech is efficacious. Efficacious because the base rate of the base rate cognitive bias. The base rate cognitive bias states in one of his renditions that people automatically fully believe of what they are told, sight unseen, people don't bother to verify, they don't bother to cross-check, they don't bother to confirm, in 95% of the cases, they just take it for granted, they assume that most people are good well-intentioned, they assume that most people are good, that the world is benign, that people are not evil and malevolent and malicious, so they have a base-rate cognitive bias, they accept it. Palindromic speech uses this, this vulnerability, this this weakness, Uh, and that renders palindromic speech very efficacious. And palindromic speech mitigates the ineluctable hurt and pain associated with truth-telling. Honestly, no one likes to hear the truth. People hate truth-tellers, which is why I'm hated. I'm kidding you not. I think I'm hated because I'm a truth-teller. So people hate truth tellers, and palindromic speech caters to this bias. I don't want it. I've made up my mind. Don't confuse me with the facts. And so palindromic speech colludes with psychological defense mechanisms such as denial, and with behaviors such as reframing and avoidance. It is powerful, very powerful. Psychodynamic allies inside you. The narcissist co-opts. The narcissist... to see how their interlocutors would react to certain information. So sentences like maybe how uh, would you take it badly if they say something so so they say maybe i should have done this maybe you should have done this the maybe is kind of deniable uh, den- uh, plausible deniability i you know i, I said it but it just said maybe you know it's like someone insults you humiliates you online and then at the end they write just saying you know so maybe x In the narcissist's speech, maybe X means X had actually happened. X is the truth. But how do you feel about it? Maybe X, I'm testing. Counterfactual speech is a lie or misinformation disguised as either a rhetorical question or a statement of settled and universally accepted fact. For example, maybe she flirted with me at the restaurant, but she didn't come to my room later that evening now, did she? counterfactual speech. There are three types of manipulative speech. Victim speech, entitled, demanding, dependent, transparent, whining, whining, grievances, grudges,
1: that's victim speech. It's a manipulative type of speech. Codependents and borderlines engage
0: in this speech a lot, and so do narcissists. Then there is child speech, entitled, demanding, dependent, transparent, manipulative, naive, immature, fantastic. Narcissists have this. And then there is a psychopathic speech
1: entitled, envious, competitive, malicious, opaque, coded, dense, and multi-layered. Let's discuss a bit lying and confabulation. If the